Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. What what was the moment for you when you were like, oh, I, I got to do something? So it was it was an interesting story. So I was I was living at the beach in Ocean City, and I had just graduated college, and um, you know, I I had been just looking on National Geographic every single day. Just their photography is amazing, and all of my, my favorite category are the cities and the people. So I was just, you know, looking and looking and I, I came upon a picture of Thailand and, you know, I was just like infatuated. Um, I love spicy food. So just their cuisine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm infatuated with spicy food. And so, you know, I, I put it in my head and I, you know, I started planning a trip. I asked a couple friends and, uh, started looking on Groupon that like this one random day when I was super hungover at work, I was, uh, well, had nothing to do. So I'm, you know, scrolling through a group on and I'm looking at these travel deals in Thailand. And, um, so, you know, whatever day goes on and, um, I get called back into work and, uh, this woman, like I, I hear her accent and I'm like, Oh, she's got an interesting accent. And it was uh, a British accent. Yep. And I start talking to her. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, where are you from? She was like, well, you know, I'm from Britain, but I lived, uh, I actually lived at this beach for, um, one summer after I graduated college. And then she was like, and then I moved to Thailand. So <laughs> I was like, that's so weird that that happened all in the same day. I was yeah. just like, just so synchronistic. So, um, so then I was like, I have to go. So I, uh, I ended up calling a friend and, and she booked the trip for, uh, like three months later. And so ever since then, it's like, kind of the floodgates are open and now I'm want to go everywhere. <laughs> how long did you, how long did you go to Thailand for? Uh, just about three weeks. Yep. So landed in Phuket, went to uh, Chiang Mai, went to, um, the Fifi islands, uh, went to that full moon, full moon party in Copenhagen, I believe, yep. and, uh, Cambodia for a week. Oh, and, you did? Uh, you did Cambodia too. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually preferred Cambodia. It was a little more rugged, Sure. <laughs> a little less, you know, um, little less touristy in a way. So, um, that was, it was a great trip. It was the perfect mixture of weird and, um, you know, yeah. a magic all at once. <laughs> How long ago was that? How long ago were you there? So that was last February. And then, um, so that was like for three weeks. And then since then I've kind of tried to plan a trip every three months. And yep. so uh, I haven't hit the dot every time, um, with big trips, but I think I've, I've done a good job of like doing small trips, then a big trip. Um, So yeah, my next one is, I mean, Costa Rica has been on my radar for like basically a year and a half. And so I just, it's kind of one of those things I know once I go there, I'm never going to want to leave. (laughs) (laughs) But you have, you have, you haven't worked anywhere yet outside of the States though, right? You've, you've gone just exploring, right? Yep. Just gone exploring. Um, So what are your, what are your main concerns when you're thinking about a place to live, whether it's Costa Rica or another country? What would be, what are your main concerns, um, making that move? I guess it's like, uh, kind of doing things the proper way, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's and knowing kind of what, what paperwork, um, I need to know, like what paperwork I need to have to get there. Uh, and then once I'm there, what are employees actually looking for? Is it, you know, is it digital marketing experience? Is it restaurant? Um, and what kind of, kind of like, standard of life you can have in a place that's, you know, foreign, um, and what, 
what's not indigenous to the region. So there's some hesitation, hesitation there. Well, I think the, um, um, the thing I've learned um, along the lines of having kind of your ducks in a row, paperwork-wise and, and that sort of thing, uh, that's one of the first things I tell people to forget. Um, because as Americans, it's funny, at least as North Americans from the States, uh, you have this kind of, I, I've realized it only from living outside of the States, but we have this ingrained feeling of there's a right way to do something, right? And the right way should be very clear and, la- and laid out. Um, as far as like working papers and living and this, and what I've learned is that it's not, um, that's typically not the way, uh, at least my experience in Costa Rica, that's not the way it works. Um, there are lots of gray areas, um, and gray areas in the law, um, and gray areas in the way you do things down here, um, which is really surprising. And I still, my default setting is, well, no, let's do this the right way. Um, <laughs> but my, my better sense now, my, meaning my, my better understanding of the way things work down here is there's the ideal way that never happens, um, the way that might be written in law. And then there's the way to actually get something done. And there are all sorts of gray areas around that. Um, For example, I'll give you an example. Uh, When we built our first lab for raw botanicals in Manuel Antonio Capos, um, we had, we basically, we had rented a space and we were going to gut the space because it was like an old restaurant. You know, we were going to gut it, um, basically redo the entire space and build the lab. So we went to the Muni, um, or, well, our lawyer went to the Muni to apply for permission to do a remodel. Well, this was like, I don't know, this was like, a, this was like in May or something like that. Well, we went back and back, and, and pa- the amount of paperwork we filled out you know, was probably, I mean, just a, a book full of paperwork, and go back and back. And literally all this is is for them to just say yes and us pay the $20 for the permit to you know, do a remodel. And by remodel, it was like, you know, paint the wall, knock out all the garbage, like sinks and stuff that basically take it down to its concrete base, repaint, put new tiles in and put some new, you know, put a new bathroom in basically. Um, We waited, it was a solid three months of nothingness, just nothing. Uh, And finally I was like, well, look, we need to be ready for high season. So this is like July or something. I was like, we need to be ready for high season, Christmas. We have, we have to be ready by Christmas. So, and this is the way it's going now. We had nothing. We were like, forget it. Let's just cl- basically do what Tico's normally do, which is you just close the doors, you do the work, and then you open for business, which is exactly what we did. Close the doors, did the work, open for business. And this was after like, this is three months, a thousand bucks to my lawyer, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So we opened yeah. for business. Um, a little early, we got it done quick before, before Christmas. So we opened for business and, you know, a month later, whatever the municipality comes by and they're like, uh, <laughs> this was at, you know, they came by cause we were actually at that point where we're applying for our municipal permit. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're coming by cause they have to do a permit to, you know, they have to inspect the business to give you the permit. Right. And so they come mm-hmm. by to actually give us the, to inspect the business for the permit. And they were like, you did construction here. And we're like, yes, we did. And they're like, you didn't get a permit for the construction. And we're like, we tried. We oh, really no. tried. And, but I couldn't wait for six months or a year to get And they said, uh, well, there's going to be a fine for that. 
And I was like, oh, that's uh, it's terrible. I, what am I going to do? But I had to get open. And uh, so mm-hmm. a week later or whatever, they come back with the fine. And our fine, 25,000 colonies, <laughs> 50 bucks. I was like, why? Oh. Knowing what I, why would I spend $1,000 of my lawyer's time, three months mm-hmm. for something where I could just make, just charge me 50 bucks? Like if that's the way it's going to be, just charge me 50 bucks. You know, but whatever. So it is what it is. But you learn your lessons, right? You learn your lesson. So that's the kind of thing um, that I've learned my lesson on the hard way. I mean, this is not just that. I mean, I could give you 20 things that are like that. Um, <laughs> but they're like, for example, with, with people always say, well, for residency for Costa Rica, how do I get, you know, how do I legally work in Costa Rica? Right? It's like the most common question. Like, mm-hmm. I'm coming down. I want to spend a year or two years. I don't even know. Maybe open-ended and I want to work. What do I do? And... I say, look, you're never going to get a work permit. Like, you're never going to get one. Uh, to get a work permit, you'd have to be like, I don't even know. You'd have to be hired for their space program or something here. Like, you're not going to get a work permit. Um, oh, so wow. that, that's not going to happen, ever. I know no, you know, I, only people I know who have gotten work permits were people who literally started their own business here, couldn't get residency for their business, like couldn't get residency and applied for work permits for themselves from their own business. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. That's the kind of crazy stuff where they were so highly motivated to get a work permit that they basically got the work permit for themselves. Like, those are the only people I know, and that took years. Um, so I would, never, I would never recommend that route. Um, Do you think it's just like a flaw in the system where it's like totally. the paperwork and the, the, the channels that they have to go totally. through to pass are yeah. just so outdated? Totally. Okay. I, I think it's... it's well, I mean, I know enough about government now to know the government's just a completely ineffective, inefficient beast. And mm-hmm. in the States, too. Like, I mean, if you want to get a uh, work permit in the States, what is the process? Who knows, man? I mean, come on. Does that, anybody you know? I mean, you can get one if you're like a, you know, a PhD or something. Uh, mm-hmm. you can get, they can get them there. Like, that, that's one you can get. But, I mean, other than that, you know, you're going to go work for Google. You could, you know, maybe do that. But... No, so it's just very, unfortunately, there's no kind of easy way here to do that sort of thing. So your options are uh, invest a whole bunch of money and get your residency that way. Um, or, you know, have a kid down here, anchor baby. Uh, that's the way, at the end of the day, that's the way we did it, uh, believe it or not. Anchor baby. Um, that's a pretty easy way. Uh, you, can get, you can get married. Uh, that's another way. Um, or you can just work illegal. And... To work illegal in Costa Rica um, is easy, and literally thousands of people do it at all times. I mean, there's just thousands of people doing that. Um, And there are a couple ways. The best way, I feel, the best way, the most legal way, the way that's not going to get you kicked out, is you work for somebody outside of of Costa Rica. You just work virtually. Uh, That's the way... That, that's no problem. I mean, you do, th- that is not illegal at all, at all, as far as I know. And they're never going to kick you out for something like that. Um, because you're, you're literally not working in Costa Rica. You're, in theory, working for a stateside company or something like that. Okay. Um, you're and just, you're singing and pushing money back into their economy by living. Of course. And- of course. I mean, at the high... Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, yeah, you're definitely doing that. Um, so that, that's the, the, the best way. And it's got a couple of benefits. One, it's legal. Uh, two, you're going to make more, uh, typically if you're just doing a straight job, if you're just working for somebody, uh, you're going to make more. 
Because um, if you're working for somebody in the States, you're going to get, even if you're working for somebody in the States making minimum wage or making 10 bucks an hour, you're going to have a hard time finding a job at 10 bucks an hour here in Costa Rica. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, it's just, that's just not the wage, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's what I always recommend to people is, is if you have a skill like your skill, you're in social media and marketing and that sort of thing, you can definitely uh, get a job virtually for any number of clients in the U.S. Um, so that's definitely a possibility. I, I meet a lot of people who don't have those sort of skills. Um, a lot of people who are, I mean, we, we've, when we had our spa back in the old days in Manuel Antonio, we met tons of, you know, what I would call kids fresh out of college or even some just out of high school who came and moved to Costa Rica to make, you know, try to, you know, have fun and, and work while they were there. And tons of them ended up working in hotels and restaurants, you know, illegally. Uh, are they at somewhat at risk, you know, of, of immigration showing up? Yes. Did I ever see anybody get busted for that? No. Um, that's not to say it doesn't happen. I have heard, you know, I've been on, uh, I, I personally don't know anybody, but I've been on Facebook and I know that people on Facebook are said, have said, yeah, I, I saw, you know, I know a business where immigration came and, you know, find the business or, you know, that sort of thing. But I, I literally know nobody who's been like kicked out of this, the country for that. Nobody. Um, and I've been here 18 years. Um, not to say it couldn't happen, but it, I just, it's, it's one of those things that's just not very likely, you know? Interesting. I, I'm, I'm sure. To, what's that? Do you find that there's like a, a specific region of the island that's more, you know, it's easier to find. Wait, did find you just a- call it an island? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i love that i love that because we always think i I, at least in my mind you always think of paradise as an island right you just do i just (laughs) it's the way it is but um well you i'm sorry to cut you off but that was awesome oh i was gonna say do you think there's like an um a part of or a region um that's kind of easier to find a job versus other parts i mean say i don't San Juan, is it? Uh, San Jose. That kind of, San Jose. San Jose. I always yep. confuse that. Um, that pops out. But is there any part that's kind of easier that you would sway people to um, if they're just kind of thinking of heading down? It's an interesting – a lot of it has to do with skill, right, and skills that you have. So let's take you, for example, with your skills as marketer, social media type of person with those type of skills. Um, I think uh, the, the tourist areas are probably your best bet. Um, because in those sort of areas, there are, you know, dozens or hundreds in each kind of town. Take, for example, the one I know well, which is Manuel Antonio. Uh, there are multiple dozens of hotels, um, that all have to market themselves. Along with that, there are literally, I mean, you can look on, uh, Airbnb or, or vacation rental by owner, and you'll see there are 300 rental homes. Okay. All of those places need marketing. Uh, every restaurant in the town needs marketing, right? All of those need marketing. So you have a very, very special skill set that translates very well to a tourist environment um, where you can either get hired, you know, work making a wage, which I wouldn't recommend. Uh, I would recommend being independent uh, for a couple reasons. One, a wage, they're probably going to want you on site. Uh, which increases your risk, right? Um, two, as an independent or kind of starting your own little business, uh, you can make more money, 
It's just that simple. And you can work your own time so you're, and your own hours, uh, which most people want when they're living in Costa Rica. They come down here for a lifestyle, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the places I would recommend. San Jose, of course, it does have hotels and that sort of thing, but it also has 2 million people to pull from for those skill sets, right? Well, if you're in Manuel Antonio, the whole population of Manuel Antonio is like 5,000 people. You just don't get that many people with a high level of skill, right? So I have very little doubt if you move down there tomorrow, um, you would probably be one of the top two or three people who know how to do social media and marketing in Manuel Antonio, if not the best, immediately. So you can, can, can harness that knowledge um, to put yourself out there and, and make a living. And I have no doubt you'd be able to make a living. Oh, wow. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> 5,000, that's, that's a small amount of people. <laughs> no, it's small. I mean, you look at these beach towns, they're small populations, right? So Manuel Antonio, um, Tamarindo, Jaco, uh, Playas del Coco, you know, all those towns are relatively, you know, they're not, they're not, they're towns, right? Mm-hmm. They're not cities by any stretch, right? They're, they're towns um, with a small local population, um, relatively small expat um, ex, um, population. Um, so just the, the, the pool of employees is low. And it's, I'll tell you what, it is, you know, we lived there for years. It's hard to find talent, very hard. Um, so if you show effort and drive and, like, even if you had no skill set, all right, you're basically a dishwasher from the U.S. If you are a hustler, and willing to learn and help. and ever, There's always people looking for that kind of person, right? Always. And it helps to know Spanish, but it's not necessary. Um, uh, do, you, do you know Spanish? I can't remember yeah. if I asked you that before. Un poquito. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it does, but it, that doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, we, we moved down there with no Spanish, even though I had, you know, four years of Spanish in high school. <laughs> I mean, you still didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, in Manuel Antonio, you know, most everybody speaks English or, or a good number of people speak English. Uh, I think that was actually to my detriment for, for a, a number of reasons, but, but mainly because I wasn't forced to speak Spanish. Um, so I didn't really begin to learn Spanish till I moved here to San Jose, where, you know, getting a job here and stuff where I was m- much more forced to speak Spanish in San Jose than at the beach, you know? So... So with those small towns and those small beach towns that you mentioned, um, like how crucial is it for you to know someone in order to kind of gain those connections? So if you're coming down and trying to start your own business, is it kind of crucial to know someone that knows someone um, sure. to create those ties? Or are, are in your experience, are people willing to kind of open up and well, and, and work with people they haven't, you know? That, that's a up? very good question. And actually, um, it is one of the challenges. Because at least when I lived there, which was, I mean, we moved, I mean, I've been back a a ton, but we moved away, you know, 11 years ago um, before my son was born. Um, But I will say people are not open to accepting newcomers for a period of time. That is very common. So it is hard to make inroads. That's not to say it can't be done because Mm -hmm. we did it, right? When we first started our spa business, um, you know. People give a kind of we'll see attitude. We'll see, you know, when we're approaching them, hey, you can send us clients, we'll pay you commissions, all this sort of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm, we'll see, we'll see. Because they, you see, 
you know, 95% of people leave after a year or two, you know, it just becomes so transient that people almost don't believe you're going to really be there. Right. So a lot of it, a lot of it is kind of, it's just, it, it, that does take a little bit of time. That does take time. Um, and I don't think there's a way around it. You know, um, you just have to, you know, put yourself out there. You have to maybe at the beginning, like, for example, if you were going to uh, do a, a small business for yourself, you were going to do marketing, you know, you price stuff very inexpensive, very reasonable to begin, whatever, whatever it is to, to at the beginning where you just say, hey, look, I'm going to do, I mean, this is my, I love free. I, I think mm-hmm. it's really hard to resist free, right? So yeah, I'll just, I'll take you for a, a targeted example, right? Mm-hmm. You want to run people's social marketing for them. You approach hotel XYZ. You talk to people. You manage to meet the owner. Because a lot of owners, especially for small places, they literally live right there, right? So Mm -hmm. you meet with the owner, and she says, well, I'm managing it all. I'm doing it all. And you look at it, and you say, and you've analyzed it ahead of time. And you say, well, look, this is what I would do, and this is how I would improve, and this is what I would do, you know. And you say, look, normally it's going to be X amount per month. I charge $300, $400 a month, whatever it is you think is fair or reasonable in that, in the market. And you say, look, but you don't know me. You don't know if I can do anything, right? I tell you what, I'll do the first, I'll do the first month absolutely free. And at the end of that month, if you're not happy, no worries, you know? Um, But I get a, I get a month to prove myself. And after that month, if you want to keep going, you know, we'll do it at $400 a month or $300, whatever, whatever pricing you set. You know, yeah. stuff like that, um, where you make it zero or little risk as possible, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very hard to sell without somebody knowing you. It's going to be very hard for you to go up to a hotel and be like, I want to do your social media marketing. It's $800 a month. I think you're going right. to have no, you're going to have zero takers, right? Yeah. But you would have takers at free, free. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be, you know, maybe you give two months. Maybe you, I don't know, you know, you're going to have to play with what, what the kind of, the number is there, um, what works, um, what people are willing to afford. Um, cause sometimes it's not like, it's not what it should be priced. It's just what they can afford a lot of times with this sort of thing or what they're willing to pay. Um, but I love the idea of free. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, free, <laughs> it's a great, you know, it, yeah, the zero perfect. risk, the zero <laughs> risk. And especially if you're doing something that's a, a monthly fee, um, where you can manage multiple properties or something like that, and you just do a monthly fee, uh, which maybe, you know, the idea, I think people are going to be less uh, likely to be like, you know, amount per post or any of these kind of things people like to do, um, where you just, you, you, you more sell it as, look, I'm doing a, we're creating a relationship here, and I'm going to work with you, find out, you know, how you want to, tar- how you want to present your property, um, and then you just work with them that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of um, initially give them something, give them a lot of worth up front, you know, and, and overextend yourself by, you know, reducing the price or giving giving something for free, a service or even like a product, um, whatever you're kind of dishing yep. out. Um, absolutely. Kind of weaken those barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. So that almost made me think that like, maybe this, uh, a smarter strategy would be kind of coming down and coming to the city because you can strike out more just because the, the sheer volume of people, mm-hmm. um, and businesses. So 
um, maybe growing the network there and then, and, and then kind of branching off to those smaller beach towns that you didn't mention. You could definitely do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I mean, just with the way communication works today, uh, it's so much easier, right? I mean, it's so much easier. Uh, you could absolutely live in San Jose and make, you know, they, they could almost be your little vacations, your getaways, where you drive to Hako um, for a long you know, week or a weekend or whatever, and you meet with people who you've already kind of prearranged while living in San Jose. Absolutely. Like those sort of things. People really still do, still do like to meet face-to-face here in, in Costa Rica. Um, it's a big thing. Um, and, I mean, in our, in our cosmetic company, uh, for the first... When we were selling our Simplicity Plan, which is a subscription for, for the refillable amen, uh, amenities, I tell you what, I could tell you, it, it's like for months, people were like, you've got to come out. We won't. Wow. We don't do any business without coming out, without coming out. And Molly worked the Skype and the phone calls. And, and we actually, I mean, it, we changed it. You can change it. But, you know, face-to-face is, uh, it still holds a ton of value. Uh, and we actually now have learned that maintaining relationships, the face-to-face is very important. Very important. So um, what, do you, what do you think the biggest challenge was to getting those initial face-to-face introductions or meetings? You know, were, were there a lot of holdups on that? Um, actually, it's funny. With, with the product line, uh, it was all just brute force. Just call, call, email, call, email, call, 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 follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Um, you know, I I wouldn't, I would say, you know, you want to plan for, for example, let's say you live in San Jose and you want to target hotels in Hako because Hako Hako is relatively close. You can go down there for weekends and meet people and stuff. I would absolutely expect, you know, 15 to 20 follow-ups are going to be required for you to actually talk with the decision maker. Oh, wow. And those are follow-ups. Yeah, you have to. Uh, no, I would say call by calls, oh. emails. Um, you know, that is a requirement. Like you have to do that. Uh, you have to be willing to follow up and follow up incessantly. Um, I think that business in general, I always recommend that. Right? I don't think there's a better way um, because I think at the core, most people won't do that. And so, if you are able to do that and willing to do that and excited about doing that, you'll win. Wow. Period. You'll win. It, it, it's and that's why I think when I've talked to you before, it's about hustle. It's about I'm going to keep doing this and keep doing this, and eventually it's going to happen, and eventually it will happen. Absolutely, I have no doubt. Right, yeah. because you you then reach that tipping point where you know you've had all this build up for this X amount of time, yep. um, and so then you kind of hit that bell curve, and, yes. and things have a way of falling into place. And then all of a sudden, like you get a couple of accounts. And then when you and then you're managing those accounts, and say you haven't even you haven't even got paid yet, you're just still doing them for free. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? The next hotel you call, you say, well, just to let you know, I'm I'm currently managing this hotel's account and this hotel's account and this hotel's account. Right? Yeah. There's the proof of what you're doing. It's a much easier sale that time, right? And oh, so, of you know, then that's just the way. It, that's just the way. It, I mean, that's the way business works, right? Um, but certainly here in Costa Rica where people are a little hesitant to newcomers and that sort of thing, you got to get your kind of foot in the door, uh, that, 
definitely helps. And once you have your foot in the door with, you know, it's always best to try and go for the brand people really know. But that's not, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't, you know. So would you say people are kind of, are, are, are people and customers willing and open to giving uh, referrals, you know? Would they be open to giving testimonials of the service or products that you provide? Or is that something that um, in your experience they haven't, you know, that hasn't actually opened up yet? Uh, I can't say we've had a ton of success with that. Like I, I've, we've wanted to do more. And part of it's probably our own um, lack of drive in, in getting that done. Um, I would say we probably haven't done a very good job of it. Well, like I, I, I look at that more of a, on yeah. us rather than the people were unwilling to give testimonials. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I, I think that's more our poor follow-up rather than people weren't willing to give testimonials. Because okay. we did actually a couple. I mean, when we were like motivated to do it, when we were first putting together our webpage that showed the, the simplicity plan for products, we reached out. We got you know the, the GM of... La Paz Waterfall Gardens to do it. And we got a villa owner to do it. You know, we, we did do it, but it That's wasn't, awesome. you know, you like anything, if, if you don't have the follow-up, you know, and you don't have the energy, uh, it's just not going to happen. Nobody's going to come to you to do it. Right. right absolutely. You, you got to You got to drive. So I, you know, like most things I would say, yeah, it could definitely happen. It's just a matter of, of you more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, following up and doing it in the, in a way that's like authentic. Um, exactly. and you know, Cheesy yep. car, car salesman, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Rewinding I mean, the uh, speedometer on the car. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, it always is that people want to do business with their friends, right? And so the more outgoing, the more friendly you are, the more connections you make, the more successful you'll be. You know, it's just as long as you're willing to do the hard work and ask the tough questions, ask for the sale, you know, that's the hard, that's always the hard part. Um, do you find that there are like a lot of networking and meetup groups that people can, can come to like entrepreneurs and young businesses or, I know I've never, I've never really done those sort of things. Um, probably to my own detriment. I, you know, it's something uh, I've thought about, for example, for a cosmetic company, we've never really been to a trade show, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are tons of them for cosmetics and makeup and stuff. There's tons and we've never done that. And I, I think, to my own detriment. It's one of the, the things that combined with um, my not learning Spanish earlier are mm-hmm. the two things. If I went back, I'd do them different next time. And it's not that, it's not that um, at, a, at a trade show, it's not that you're necessarily learning anything particular, but you never know what you're going to learn. And right. you never know what kind of piece of information is going to stick in your brain that somehow down the road that piece of information becomes valuable. You just never know what that piece of information is. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a couple of things for me have, have changed the course of my life. Just hearing, Oh, you did that. Like when, for, I'll give you an example. I was on vacation in the Osa Peninsula. Um, We were at just surfing, you know, down there in the middle of nowhere in the jungle. And we're at some restaurant, you know, and it's like all the locals. I mean, it's the tiniest, you talk about tiny towns. This is like, Maybe 300 people live in this entire area. And so probably half of them are at this <laughs> restaurant at night because there's nowhere else to go <laughs> and nothing else to do. And people are sitting around like in a drum circle. And it's like this type of vibe, right? And I start chatting with this guy. And this guy owns um, 
I think it's Bosque de Cabo. I'm not sure. I can't remember if that's the exact name of the hotel, but he owns a nice piece of property down there. It's literally like the whole tip of the Osa Peninsula. Beautiful. And I'm talking to him about how it happened. And he's like, I don't know. I can't remember the year he came down and he just liked it. And, you know, this guy's selling this, I mean, what, it's a relatively large piece of land. And he's like, well, how much is it? And I don't even know. I'm making up numbers now, but it was $80,000 the guy wants. And he said, uh, can I give you, you know, $10,000 and then finance the rest for 10 years or something? And the guy said, yes. And that's how he got that property. And he said he he went home or went back to whatever, San Jose or whatever. He took out like $10,000 on his credit card and he went back and bought the land. And I just heard this story and I was like, wow, that's an incredible, wow. You know? And no lie, no lie. That's how we bought our first uh, building down here. Um, Like the the people were selling it and I was like, this building's awesome. Can I give you $10,000 and you finance the rest? Wow. And they were like, and they were like, yes. And I said, (laughs) awesome. And I literally, literally, I wrote, this was back when I had a Discover card. I don't even know if it even exists anymore. I wrote a $10,000 check on my Discover card, all cash advance, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how I bought, that's how we bought our first building. Wow. And and that was only because some dude in the Osa Peninsula was like, yeah, man, I bought, that's how he bought his. And I like, I had never, it would have never even crossed my mind that that was even a possibility. But all it, from a drum circle. All from a drum circle, man. There's, is there anything a drum circle can't do? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredible because, you know, I find that there's this like phenomenon that happens that once you kind of let go, um, things have, have a way of falling in place. So knowing that sweet, sweet spot of like force and ease mm-hmm. uh, and kind of letting the universe align when it's supposed to. Right. Um, well, I, I'm a big believer in force. Uh, definitely a big believer in force. I believe that uh, the universe, when it, it signals you and you get that feeling like this is the right thing, you, you, have, you do, do take those things you, mm-hmm. you do, and you run with those. But then it, require, it does require you know, force to do that. Um, and hard conversations. Like, it's funny. Um, you know, I don't know who the, the quote is from, but that you're, I'll show you how successful you are in your life by the number of difficult conversations you've had in your life. And I find that to be absolutely true. Um, that conversation I had with the guys who owned that, our first building, it was an uncomfortable, like I was not looking forward to that conversation because that conversation was uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable to have that conversation. Like they're asking, you know, a lot of money for this place. For me mm-hmm. to come with a ridiculous, what I'm, I'm looking at myself as a ridiculous offer, right? I was totally uncomfortable having that. Con- I was like, couldn't ah. sleep the night before, right? Because it was just like, how's this going to go? Oh my God, what? You know, it just was totally uncomfortable, right? But it was, yeah. mo- it was for me, it was one of the most important conversations in my life, right? And, um, you know, so, so that's kind of, that's my vibe. That's, you know, mm-hmm. you see something, you're like, yes, I'm going to do that. And then, but then it's, it is hard work. There's, there's no getting around. Uh, if the, I actually, this was then another podcast, uh, in, interview I had with a friend of mine, um, who lives in New Zealand and he, and I met him first in Costa Rica. He ended up in New Zealand 
But he was more of a dip your toe in the water kind of. That's where he finally settled on New Zealand. You know, he would spend six, yeah. six months here. He was, you know, in Europe. He was dipping his toe, dipping his toe, dipping his toe. And he finally moved, finally mm-hmm. did bite the bullet. Me, it's like I'm, I'm a burn your boat guy. Like, we're moving to Costa Rica. Like, pack it up. Let's go. And like everything, you just move. Right. And you don't well, give your, yourself an out because if giving yourself an out for me, uh, like I said to him, giving myself an out to leave Costa Rica, like if I had an, a ticket to leave, I would have left because wow. there are multiple times when it's just like hard and you just don't want to do it. And you know that going back to the States, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be easier. It's going to be yeah. easier, you know? So what was the differentiating factor that, that brought you to Costa Rica, you know, from all of the countless other places you could have gone, you know, what was that, that kind of spark that drew you there versus all the other places? You know, it's funny. I had never even heard about it. Just like when I, I graduated college, I was living in Chicago at, uh, working on the Chicago board of trade, which is like bond futures and stuff like that. And with my brother and six other dudes in like a two bedroom apartment, like freezing, <laughs> to death in the Chicago winter, like literally to death. Like our, let me put it this way. When I went to look at the apartment, the woman on the phone said, before you come, I want you to know it's a shithole. That was, and that was the owner of the property. Wow. I said, sounds great. Let me come. Cause it was like 600 bucks a month or 650 bucks a month, you know, for yeah. a two bedroom. So we had like whatever, seven guys in there. You know, my brother was in one bedroom. Another dude was in another bedroom Everybody else slept in the uh, in the living room except me. I slept in a closet. I had a bedroom in a closet. Like that was my my mattress literally went wall to wall in a in a closet. So I did that for like six months. And when I'm when I moved out, I, it was like the coldest winter in like twenty years in Chicago, like dying. And I was like, I gotta move. And this was when like the Brady Bunch thing kicked in. Like I'm moving to Hawaii, like somewhere. Had it in my mind, like maybe Tahiti. Because Tahiti always just sounded the mo- like the most magical place on earth. Like just the name, you know, just conjures <laughs> up the image of blue. And I'm like, I got to go. But Tahiti, the flight was like, you know, $900 from Chicago. And plus I had no idea if I could work or live in Tahiti, right? Like zero. Mm-hmm. There was no internet, right? This is pre-internet. So there was no way to fi- find out. Like, you know, you think it's hard now to find out about Costa Rica. Like, can I live and work in Costa Rica? Imagine no communication tools. Like you, <laughs> that's what it was back then. And wow. so I was like going to go to Hawaii and I came home and I was telling my roommates about like me going to Hawaii and thinking about going to Hawaii and when I was going to go to Hawaii. And a fr- uh, my friend was like, what about the, what about the U S Virgin islands? And I was like, where's that? And he's like, that's in the Caribbean, man. It's, you know, the U S Virgin, St. Thomas, St. John, they're awesome. I was like, I've never heard of them. And he's like, you should go, man. And so I researched it, and by research, I mean I went to the library and looked at like travel books because there weren't like there was no like expat books, you know, where to go, you know, how to live on five dollars a day. Like that stuff didn't really exist, or if it existed, I certainly didn't know about it and couldn't find it, right? And um, so and like, but even so, the travel books, of course, they don't tell you like can you live, can you work, what's going on. So I literally, after like two days of like fruitless searching at the Chicago like public library. I literally just called up like the Marriott on St. Thomas and got the receptionist. And I was like, hi, I'm American. Can I work at your hotel? And she's like, 
what you talking about? And I'm like, I need to know if you can, if I can like work on St. Thomas and live. She's like, of course you can, man. And so that was it. And so I was like, oh, St. Thomas, that's, that's going to be my spot. And well, I, I was like, well, let me, let me, so it's either between St. Thomas and Hawaii. And like the next day I went down to, um, to the travel agent, you know, this is like, you didn't, that's the only way you book flights back then. I went to the travel agent and I was like, I'm interested in either Hawaii or, or St. Thomas in the U S Virgin islands. And she was like, okay, Hawaii, I have a flight for, you know, 550 bucks, or I have a one way to, uh, we have a special one way to the U S Virgin islands for 250 bucks. And I was like, book it. And I booked it right then, you know, and like three weeks later I was on the flight to, uh, to St. Thomas. Wow. And, and so that the roundabout way, um, so I lived on St. Thomas, um, and I've got, you know, this, my stories on St. Thomas are ridiculous, but stuff works out. Like it does work out. Um, if you are forced to make it work, like for example, I landed on St. Thomas, I had booked a hotel room for one night and the next morning I got up and I went down and there was like a free pa- free paper, the Island Trader, opened the Island Trader and I'm looking like one bedroom apartment. $900, one bedroom apartment, you know, 850, first lesson security, one bedroom apartment, 1200, two bedrooms, 1400. And I'm like, oh, cause I only went to, I had $800, right? It, oh like God. total 800 bucks. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what am I going to do? Right. What am I going to do? And I saw one apartment, which was like, you know, it was a, a room in a house or whatever. And it was like 800 bucks first lesson security. And I was like, well, maybe if I go and I could just talk them into, you know, just first month, you know, 800 bucks and then that'll be all my money. But then, you know, whatever, then I can, maybe I'll take a cash advance on my credit card or whatever. And, you know, and I went over there and there were two women who had rented a whole house and then we were subletting the rooms. Right. And they show me the room and I'm like, it's great. Like I'm good to go with this, but I'll be straight up with you. I have $800. So is there any way I can like just rent it and then you guys not charge me like last in security? And she was like, you know, we were thinking about renting out the closet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, come have a look. And off of the kitchen, there was basically like what used to be maybe a pantry kind of closet. So it was a little bigger than a traditional just like closet. And, and, and she was like, this is it. And I was like, how much? And she's like, $250. And I was like, sold. And like, that's how. That, so I literally, I moved from a closet in Chicago to a closet in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And it was awesome. And it was awesome. You know? Oh my God. That's hilarious. That's totally true. 100% true. And in each, each one, my bed literally went wall to wall. And I always put a bar over the bed, and that's where I hung my clothes. And, that, and that's what you do. So funny. <laughs> so that's the roundabout way of saying that's how I ended up on St. Thomas. Getting to Costa Rica was another thing. I'd never heard of Costa Rica. My wife, Molly, was not a super fan. We met on St. Thomas. She was not a super fan of St. Thomas. Um, and so we were looking to move, but I still wanted to be in the tropics, right? And we were looking at Jamaica. Uh, my brother, who's an entrepreneur uh, and always looking at stuff, was looking at you know businesses for sale and saw a business in Jamaica. Uh, thank God that that didn't happen. Uh, a kite business in Kingston. <laughs> if you can imagine, if you can imagine in Kingston, Jamaica, a kite business for sale. My brother was going to buy it. We were going to run it. 
Thank God that didn't happen. Wow. <laughs> um, but at the end, uh, he was like, what about Costa Rica? And I'm like, I've never heard of it. He's like, I got a friend who was just there, blah, 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 blah. And we would, you know, we came on a one month kind of homestay, learn the language type of thing. And uh, moved, went back to St. Thomas. And two weeks later, we were back in Costa Rica. That was it. Wow. Yep. Pura vida. Wow, that's <laughs> Did you move into a closet when you got to Costa Rica? <laughs> no, I had more money then. Thank God. Closet <laughs> <laughs> <Closets> are over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's nice to have a little bit more money. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do recommend coming. You know, for people who are moving to Costa Rica, you can do it with little, but I recommend having more than than you need, um, just because stuff happens. You know, mm. stuff happens. Better to have some sort of cushion. Um, do you find yeah. that it's like crucial? Um, so like how much do you think someone's, you know, typically, typically going to pay for, you know, a rent in, in Costa Rica and, and do you need to have kind of any transportation? I mean, other Co- than like a bicycle, completely, <laughs> completely variable, completely variable, mm-hmm. uh, and completely variable on the location. Right. So mm-hmm. right. S- let's say you lived in Manuel Antonio. You a bike would do you no good. Manuel Antonio is one giant hill. Um, so, but the public transportation in Manuel Antonio is pretty good. Like there's a bus that runs from the town of Capos all the way to the national park twice an hour. You know, oh, wow. it's very good. Um, Ubers, taxis, you know, they're all here. Uh, so it's it's very good. You don't necessarily need a car. A car is a very expensive. Uh, it's really a luxury here. Um, for quality of life, I do recommend having a car. Absolutely. Um, if you want to explore the country, I mean, it's part of the beauty of Costa Rica. You can get anywhere in this country in four hours, you know, um, without a car, you know, buses, it just makes everything hard. Right. Um, so I'm a big, I'm, you know, if, if you have the money or the means, you should get a car, get yourself a four by four. Um, so you can go anywhere. Um, definitely like nothing that along with washer dryer, are the two most critical items in Costa Rica. <laughs> uh, washer dryer, because we, we lived without a washer dryer for like, well, we had, a, we had what they call a Tico washer, which is just this little thing that spins the, it cleans them and then it just spins them and then you got to hang them up to dry. Um, but not having that dryer, I mean, you live in the tropics uh, at the beach, stuff in the rainy season doesn't dry, like at all. It won't dry. <laughs> Um, so, you know, people end up like lugging their clothes down to a wall, you know, to the laundry and stuff, you know? So my thing is like, if you're coming to Costa Rica, you know, work an extra couple of months in the States and save enough money, you know, to be able to buy a car, you know, to be able to buy a washer dryer, you know, to be able to have the the things that are going to make your life, you know, just way better, you know, just way, way better, you know, because if you don't have a car, you know, how are you going to get to that secluded beach? Right. right. How are you going to drive to the trailhead to be able to walk to uh, the waterfall? Right. You just so limit yourself uh, by not having that. You know, it can be done. So definitely. How, how, how much, much extra do you actually think is like a car there versus, you know, a four, a four by four in the States? Oh, like, it's, it's easily double. Easily what? Double oh. or more. Many or many times more. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's oh. yeah. It's very expensive. Um, you know, whatever. I have a 2003 Honda CRV, right? So those cheapo, you know, uh, SUVs, right? The little ones. You know, it costs uh, 2003. It costs ten thousand dollars, 
Like I wow. know because I looked at it when I was pricing it out and seeing how much I was getting ripped off by. You know, I could buy the same car in Miami for twenty five hundred dollars. Oh you know wow! I mean? yeah. Oh, so it is what it is. It yeah. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 recommendations with cars are buy what everybody else has. Don't buy like a Subaru or something that nobody has. Like look around. You know, with with four by fours, you have like CRVs or. Actually, the most popular are the Toyotas. So like a Toyota RAV4 um, is your best bet for, uh, for an SUV type of thing because they're relatively small. But the main thing is everybody's got them so you can get them fixed. You know, parts aren't going to be a problem. Uh, that's the main thing with a car. So, um, and then when, if you leave, when it's time for you to leave, you'll have the easiest time selling it as well, right? So that's a big, and that's a big deal, you know, if you're leaving yeah. and you want to be able to sell it. Um, so don't buy, I would never buy something that's, uh, you know, a fringe car or not really, uh, used down here. So Toyotas, Nissans, you see them all you, all you got to do is you know, look around. There's, you know, it's, it's clear what the kind of standard cars are. Um, you know, but I always tell people like when you are buying a car and stuff, you definitely have to have a lawyer here. You have to have a lawyer for everything here. Absolutely oh, wow. Everything. Yeah. So you're buying a car, you have to have a lawyer. They have to do the title search and everything on that. Um, so you have to have your own lawyer too. You can't use like a lawyer. You can't go to like a, a, a used car lot and, you know, well, we've got our lawyer. I mean, they'll try to do it all day. We've got our lawyer. They'll do it for you. And you could do it, but you're putting yourself at risk. You should always have your own lawyer. Um, do your car stuff. And a big thing with cars is I always, always recommend doing a, uh, like a car search online with like, what's a Carfax or one of those where they charge you like 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, the best 30 bucks you'll ever spend because it is a known practice here in Costa Rica. They'll take totaled cars from the States. They import them as totaled. So they pay like very little tax on them coming in. Then they repair them and then they sell them. I mean, that is just standard operating procedure. So, I mean, I think it was the Tico times did a study in like, it it had to be over five years ago now, but they went to like a car lot, you know, Every single one of those cars was totaled cars. Every single one. What? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's insane. So you always, even if you're buying from an individual, just because you don't know, and if this person is totally legit, you never know what they, who they bought it from, right? So you always want to run uh, a car search just to make sure it wasn't totaled and imported. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. That's insane. Every <laughs> single car. That is so diabolical. Yeah, it is. It is. What? But, you know, it is wow. what it is. So, so is there but, any specific time time of year that you'd recommend coming down? Like, Actually, I mean, it's funny. It's, um, Vicky, who I just interviewed, she was saying, and I don't particularly know this, but I'd have to listen again to what she said. I think it was something like September or something. There's some point in time where people move out, uh, which is the best time to rent. I'd, I'll be able to send that to you later, but, or you can listen to the other podcast episode. Right. Um, but yeah, she, there is a best, a best time. Um, the advice for rental places is, is pretty simple. Uh, don't be in a rush and uh, negotiate. Um, you will find we've, we've been able to negotiate uh, every single place we've ever lived down in price. Wow. Uh, what that entails is you have to be willing to walk away from places um, because some people won't negotiate their price is their price, uh, no matter how their price doesn't align with the market. Um, but mm-hmm. then other places will absolutely negotiate. Um, and so we've been able to get deals on every house we've ever lived in, you know? Oh, wow. Yep. 
nice. That's good to know. Yeah, Sometimes for sure. I feel like there's an aversion to kind of talking people down with prices in the States, you know, uh, we just kind of go with it. Yep. And there is here too. Yeah. I think there's a general like, Oh no, they're asking, you know, 2000, 2000 is their price, but you'd be su- surprised to know that there are houses, at least here in San Jose, where we watch that market uh, pretty closely, you know, a house will go unrented for a year, a year and a half. Right. Um, when we got our place, um, uh, before here, we lived in this place for six years. Uh, we had got it for $1,250 a month in rent. They were asking 3000 a month in rent and it had gone unrented for way over a year. It was like multiple into like going to the second year of, of not rented. And Molly went in and negotiated and said, just, Hey, look, our max is 1250. That's our top. Are you interested? And we paid them more than, you know, we paid a multiple months up, up front, but they were accepting and we lived in that place for, for six years. Um, that place was amazing. Oh, that's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> that place was totally amazing. And, you know, when it, eventually when the, the second lease came up, like the, that second three-year lease came up, you know, we were like, we still want to be here. And they said, well, yeah, but you're going to have to raise the rent. And I said, you know, I, I, of course, I, yes, we're paying below market now. I'm perfectly fine raising the rent. What do you want, to, what do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. And they said $3,000. And I said, look, man. So they wanted to put it back to what they had. And I said, look, <laughs> that's great. And I went online and I, I got like, you know, five properties that were in the $2,000 to $2,500 range and that were, had pools and were, you know, better, secu- you know, places that were better than their place. I mean, their mm-hmm. place was awesome, but it was still, these places were better. And I said, look, this, here's a place for t- whatever, $2,400 a month in rent. It's got a bigger yard. It's got a pool. It's got a ridiculously brand new pr- kitchen, blah, blah, blah. You know, $2,400, that's better than yours. What are you going to be at lower than $2,400? And they said, no, it's 3000 And so we moved wow. out. You know, you have to be willing to walk away. You have to. Um, that's good advice too. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as price, actual price goes, you know, it just depends on what you want. You could spend five thousand dollars a month. You could spend two hundred dollars a month. Uh, there's everything in between. Wow. Um, you know, it's just it's just getting to an area, learning about it. Um, you know, I, I recommend to people who are coming and don't really know where they want to live or, or kind of have a, an idea. Look, you, you rent an Airbnb. Oh, did I lose you? Can you hear me? Yeah, you can okay. hear me. Oh uh, yeah, I got you. Um, like, for example, say you wanted to move to San Jose. You wanted to move to San Jose. You knew you wanted to move here. You know, you rent an Airbnb. There's tons of Airbnbs. Uh, very inexpensive. You rent an Airbnb for two nights. Uh, you see if you like it. If you like it and it's cool, uh, you can negotiate with the person in person, right? You say, I, I, but you don't want to do an Airbnb. You don't want to rent an Airbnb for a month, right? Why? Because the Airbnb might be terrible. It might be in a terrible neighborhood. You, it might be dirty. You know, who knows? So there's no reason to book it long term before you come. You book it for a night or two nights. And then if you really like it, you know, maybe you negotiate just a week, a, a price for a week. Or maybe you love it and you're like, hey, what would it be for a month? Or, hey, you know, and that gives you more time to actually then begin looking for, you know, apartments to rent or whatever. You know, um, but there's certainly no need to get yourself into any sort of long-term situation quick because there's so many places for rent short term. I mean, just so many. Um, it's it's awesome. It's a magical time. I mean, for yeah. renters and people who are moving here, it's incredible. I mean, there's so much available. It's incredible. Um, and I see honestly, I see if if you get on the Facebook groups, 
Um, mm-hmm. This is a little tip. You get on like Facebook, like expat groups and stuff like that. And people are looking for house sitters. You, who knows what kind of deal uh, you can get into. I mean, that's literally the woman I interviewed, Vicky. You know, I don't think she's paid rent in years. You know, wow. house sitting, uh, dog sitting, pe- you know, pet sitting, that sort of thing. Um, it, it's definitely available. I mean, it's work. You know, it's not work I would want to do. You got to hustle and you got to get out there. Yeah. And you got to know people. I mean, she knows you know, a thousand people, um, but wow. it can definitely be done. You know. Is there a, like a specific region that you find expats are kind of traveling to in hordes? You know, what's that sweet spot that uh, maybe people don't know about yet or from your experience? That they don't know about. I think Costa Rica is definitely known. It's known yeah. now. Uh, there is not, you know, I, I knew it was known when we had the spa. This was probably 10, you know, 12 years ago. And we started getting tourists from like Kansas. I was like, oh, wow, now, now it's known. Because when we first started here and when we first moved here, you know, it was backpackers and, you know, people off the beaten trail. Um, but when it, was the, when it was the people who would go on, like, um, cruise ships, then I knew it was, it was known. So I don't think there's any part of Costa Rica that's yeah. still – I mean, there are definitely parts less traveled. For example, the Osa Peninsula. Mm-hmm. I love – the Osa is my favorite place in Costa Rica. It's really off. I mean, there's no electricity to most of it. Um, it's really you really have to work. You have to work to get there. It's a it's a bit of a hike to get it there. Um, it's a gr- and it's a great place to visit. Love it, but I can't imagine living there. Like, oh my god, you know, no internet, no electricity. You know, it's just like, how do you want to live, right? Um, so from a visiting standpoint, it's awesome. But you know, at my age, you, you want you want the niceties. You know, you want. You want nice things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me. I mean, with that, that said, awesome. I mean, you, you can still get that. You can get that now in most of the popular beach areas. You know, Manuel Antonio, you know, Jaco, Tamarindo. Certainly all those areas are very, very livable now. I mean, totally livable. Um, and by livable, I mean great restaurants, uh, great communication, uh, great internet, you know, phones, all those sort of things um, where you can stay connected. You know, you can stay connected with your family back home. Um, you know, with the world at large, you know, it, it's really not that big a culture shock. I've never found uh, Costa Rica to be a culture shock at all. Even when we moved here and there were, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, always felt very comfortable in Costa Rica. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So the barriers to entry and like growing a network of people, just even friends, you know, that's yeah. kind of, Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, friends is, it's something we struggled with, um, for a a while, actually in the beach, I would say we always struggled with it at the beach because one of the, and I think, you know, it's one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older. When I, when I first came to Costa Rica, it was like, I, man, I just want to live in the middle of the jungle, you know, and just live (laughs) off the land. Like literally that was my thought process. Total (laughs) idiot. Right. (laughs) But as I got older and wiser, I realized, actually, no. What I really want is I want to have connections with people I, re- I like and care about, right? And I realized that as I get older, like, that's actually critical. Like, I'm most happy when I'm connected with people, right? Um, but that took me, you know, 15 years of stupidness to, to learn, you know? Um, and part of the challenge with living in one of these beach communities is people come and go, you know? Um, people give it a shot. And then they move away 
where they come for a year to, you know, take a year off and then they go back. And, you know, that is hard. I've, I've lost a lot of best friends who, you know, lived in Manuel Antonio oh, was there. I was yeah. with them, you know, all day, every day. And then they moved, you know, work took them elsewhere. Life took them elsewhere, especially the 20 somethings. I mean, I was 20 at the time, 20 something at the time. And people are just figuring out their life. Right. And they realize this isn't for me. This isn't the career I want. This isn't whatever it is. Right. And so they go back, you know. Um, so that's tough. I mean, that is a challenge of living at the beach for sure. Cause that does happen. I mean, that's part of what yeah. I talked about at the very beginning of this was just people not trusting that you're going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause so many people come and go. So that's kind of like a, a huge transient community, but, um, yep, for sure. Yeah, so. Less so in the, much less so here in, here in San Jose, much less so, you know, um, and in San Jose, I found that um, making friends with locals and Ticos, they're, I mean, I found it very open here in San Jose. Um, people, some people will say, oh, you can't really make friends with Ticos, but I disagree. I mean, I have some really good Tico friends. So, you know, everybody has their own kind of thing. Uh, who knows? I think part of it is Spanish, you know, definitely. You know, how much, how much you're going to put into Spanish um, is a big deal. I, I always recommend to people, um, if you come down single, just get yourself a, a Tico or Tico boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you're good to go. I, I've never, I'm serious. It is the best way to learn a language, bar none, bar none. It's true, it, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and just to like get a lay of the land too and know the, the local spots, you know, Absolutely. find this, the spots less traveled. Yep. So like Costa Rica has, what, what do you think? A population of like 5 million people it's, or so? It's, it's, when, I, when we first moved here, the last one I saw was a, over four but it's cre- it's creeping towards like five, yeah. Wow. Between four and five, and half of those live in this into the Central Valley, right? Oh. So half the population's right here in San Jose. Wow. Right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I you know that's one of the reasons you know when when I say get a car, I mean, dude, there's so many good <laughs> spots. You know, you can go to the mountains, you go to Arenal, Monteverde, the Caribbean coast. Actually, the Caribbean's cool, but it's just it's hard to make much harder to make a living in the caribbean side there just isn't as much tourism uh over there but like there's a cool you know beach town over there where it's flat and you people ride their bikes right along the beach and stuff that's cool i mean it's it's really a caribbean vibe um and then of course the whole nicoya peninsula surfing everywhere do you surf oh no not at all but i want to learn well (laughs) this is like the to do all right and it um (laughs) But there's just it's infinite sir, and there's surf every day, you know. I when I was younger and had the time, I surfed twice a day. It was amazing, awesome. Nice. You know, I'd go for an early morning. What, and an uh, what surf. side is uh, What side is known for the for the waves? Is it the best east is the or west side or? Yeah, the west. The Pacific is Pacific. definitely better uh, for waves. Much better. I mean, there are waves every day, and I mean, Costa Rica has world class spots. I mean, it's incredible, like world class, some of the best in the world. Um, kind of all over peppered all over the, the Pacific coast and uh, you know, but you're not going to use those while you're learning, but um, you know, something to strive. Yeah. To. <laughs> right. <laughs> but surfing's a long, it's a long learning curve. Surfing is like, it's hard. Um, you know, you just got to start slow and it, it, you know, plan on it being like a, a lifetime activity. You'll love it. Everybody loves it. Yeah. How <laughs> could you not? <laughs> so meditative. So, what so are you thinking about, when are you thinking about making, I mean, what's going to be for you? What's going to be your final, 
like decision making process for you? Like what's going what are the what what are the, what's the way you're thinking about it now? And what's the thing that's going to be like, okay, this is going to you could see this like pushing you over the edge like, yes, now I'm going. Like is, what is it? What what's your mindset and what's your thinking? So so one of the things you said was um that you recommended was going and and just spending a couple days or a week in a place and then um and kind of feeling out the vibe. Yeah. And so that's kind of very much how I kind of live my and make these like kind of groundbreaking decisions, you know, getting that intuitive sense. So I definitely see myself planning, um, planning a trip where I, you know, I dedicate some time to kind of scoping out different spots and, and kind of feeling it out to see if I get that really strong pool and, uh, that strong sense, you know, go here because, um, I think, I think, when you have that feeling, like we talked about earlier, um, then you just know deep down to your core that it's like the right decision. So, um, because I mean, just from what you said, the island, if you're, if you're willing to put the work in, um, so kind of feeling that sense. It will work if you put the work in, you just have to, you have to believe in it. Right. Um, and that, that gets back to that, like feeling the feeling you get, you just feel that it's right. Like, um, when we were deciding on, when we decided on Manuel Antonio, the feeling was right. You know, it wasn't a better yeah. spot than Tamarindo or better than Hako or whatever. It was just the feeling we got, you know? Mm-hmm. And actually that feeling was actually just meeting with a couple of people who owned hotels or managed hotels and the vibe we got from them. And that vibe was just, yeah, you could make it, you could make money here, you know? Nice. Um, which I'm trying to give you that vibe because I know it could happen for sure. You could definitely make it work. Um, it's just about it's yeah. just about commitment and and making it work. You know, there's no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah, I kind of I feel that sense too. You know, it's like the uh, uh, all of the the ducks in a row line up when they're meant to. So <laughs> you said September is the perfect time to, to come. I think down. that's what Vicky said. Yeah, I think she was saying yeah. September. <laughs> and uh, I, I find that September is always a nice uh, season for, for change. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny you said that because in my mental timeline, I'm like doing the math and figuring out the days, and I'm like, okay, it seems like. <laughs> seems like a good time to quit my job. <laughs> <Come down. laughs> exactly. And, I mean, are you going to come, if you come, are you going to come light? Are you going to, I mean, I know this is a p- part of a challenge that a lot of people have is, okay, well, what do I need to pack? Should I, you know, get a container? Do I have tons of stuff? I mean, are you going to do that? Or are you going to do it light and just a couple bags and come down? Yeah, probably the second one. Yeah. I'm a very much a minimalist. Yeah. So throwing stuff out is fun. <laughs> I, I always recommend it. People I, I've seen, you know, on the Facebook groups, well, should I get a container and bring my, and it's like, no, man, just get rid of it. Come down. I mean, unless you're moving your whole, you know, you have a big, it's different. Of course, if you have big family and you know, stuff, but, um, you know, usually it's just easier just to get rid of it all and come down, you know, laptop, clothes, toothbrush, ready to go. You know, you can, yeah. get, you can get everything here. You can get everything here. <laughs> Is plus, that, is plus that, if you're like, coming lighter, that gives you the flexibility that, to be able to go around and actually check stuff out. You know, you're not worrying about your stuff. That's true. You know, there's a freedom that comes from living out of a backpack. Man, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, did you have any other questions for me before I, I let you go? Thank you so much for taking the time with me. I, I really do appreciate it. 
Oh, I think um, I think you kind of answered everything that was on my checklist and my mental like urges. Um, you know, you kind of touched on a lot of what makes someone successful and and what differentiates someone yeah. that you know can be successful there, which is kind of one of the biggest questions I had was you know how much effort really does it take and 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 how to curate that and cultivate that uh, and make it sustainable yeah. um, and make a life out of it, which you clearly have done. Yes. Um, so. Especially yeah. in entrepreneurship. That's not hard to do. <laughs> well, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you. I think you could do it. You're in, you're in actually, I believe, a, a, one of the magical industries for doing it here. Um, there are a few. Um, but certainly for, 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 you know, you could even get work in the States and then come down and do it that way. Or you could work here. Or you could do a combination of both. Um, but you are, yeah, I mean, my, my recommendation to you first would be, hey, company that I'm working for now, if I take a huge cut in salary, how about I still work for you? you know? <laughs> I like um, that idea. <laughs> which, trust me, a lot of people, when you say, look, I'll put in the same work, yet I'll take, you know, don't say, don't say half, but I'll take 30% less, mm-hmm. might say yes. Wow. Uh, you might be surprised. Um, that would be my first recommendation. Um, before you quit, you say, hey, look, I'm leaving in September for Costa Rica. I'm going to go live the dream. I yeah. love you guys. I love this work. I want to keep doing it. And we all know I can do this virtually. You know, mm-hmm. let me, yeah. if I take a substantial cut in pay, uh, would you still be interested? And you might get yes. Uh, I, I'm actually you might be surprised that you do get yes, but you might get yes. And, and, and the number where, you know, that's the number for you to figure out. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I've said before, if you can make 20 grand a year from your job in the States and work here, do it. Definitely wow. do it. Definitely. Nice. Okay. Uh, because it'll give you that just that softness where you can come to Costa Rica and you can be all, you're all right from day one. You step foot in Costa Rica and you're okay. You wow. Know? And that's, that's, I mean, very few people have that opportunity, right, to do that. Um, so I would always recommend that. And then you can get other things going, you know, or not, or whatever. But you have that softness that allows you to, um, you know, to do Costa Rica. Not, yeah, just not have to worry about where you're going to get money for the next, you know, six months yeah. or something. Yeah, that stress kind of uh, evaporates once you have that base and that foundation and that cushion. Absolutely. Um, Because you said earlier that even a $10 an hour job is kind of hard to come by. Very. That's insane. Very, very hard to come by. Wow. Very hard to come by. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like if you work at um, uh, Amazon. So Amazon has a big, you know, uh, uh, call center type of thing. It's it's good work um, because it's, you know, you have to be bilingual and this sort of thing. Um, and it's good pay here. And that good pay is 1500 bucks a month. You know, wow. That's, that's considered very good pay. Um, so, you know, just to put it in perspective, you know, that that's considered good. So if you could keep a 20 grand a year job working virtually for a company back in the States, uh, that's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the way it is, if you can work virtually, you're not work. You're not working forty hours a week. Trust me, no. you're not working forty hours a week. You know, I mean, let's be no. real. When it gets down to like, okay, now I got to work. You can grind your workout in probably three hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and suddenly you have a, a crazy awesome lifestyle, right? 
Um, Absolutely. Where you can a- even create another business for additional income or just go to the beach and hang, you know, surf, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i call living the dream man that's what I call <laughs> this sounds so magical <laughs> one thing i did that did just kind of pop into my head the flight costs you know like flying from costa rica how how much more expensive are they you i know, think costa rica is incredible incredible discount i mean just so inexpensive really? yeah i mean i it's one of the 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 benefits i've always seen about costa rica is prices are just incredible i think they're great wow. um i get for example, we just had, we were ready to pull the trigger. We didn't because I couldn't get my vacation lined up quick enough. But there was round trip from Costa Rica to Paris in September for oh, 550 wow. bucks. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's bucks. amazing. <laughs> I know. And uh, like typically I'll visit my brother in, uh, I'll fly to New Jersey and then we'll drive down to, to Pennsylvania or whatever. Um, but we typically pay five five to $600 for that flight. Um, most we've ever oh, paid was maybe seven fifty. not outrageous. Mm-hmm. And there's always stuff, uh, you know, Miami, they run specials all the time for under 300 bucks round trip to Miami. Um, no, Costa Rica is a, it's a great spot as far as flights go. Always, always good. We, you know, when I lived in Virgin Islands, I had one family member visit me one time, uh, here in Costa mm-hmm. Rica, we get people visit us all the time. Oh, wow. Cause, cause nice. it is an easy flight. It is easy. Have you ever heard of uh, Scott's Cheap Flights? Never. Okay. So it's like this subscription service, which you actually, you don't even have to pay for. Um, mm-hmm. You just, you know, put your email in, which is, you know, currency. But so you put, you put your email in and you just get curated flights all the time. So really? I mean, I was, oh, all, like they're insanely amazing. The other day, for instance, I saw, um, so they'll list out destination points. So um, mine is set to the continental U.S., but um it's usually like New York, LA or right. San Francisco or, um, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's all over. The flights can, can vary, but I saw a flight from Washington DC or, and Atlanta to, uh, New Zealand for round trip $500. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It's insane. That's insane. And so there's, there's just these like cheap flights that I would you just take that flight just for the fun of it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> The free cookies. <laughs> yeah. So check check it out because it's What's it like, called? It's uh Scott's Cheap Flights. Scott's Cheap Flights. We use um an app called yeah. Hopper. I don't know if you've ever seen Hopper. Um it's got a little it's red with a picture of a bunny on it. Um and that one allows you to specify where you want to go, you know, where from and to. So you can specify a flight mm-hmm. and then it'll tell you if it's a good time to buy or not. And it tell you so it'll say like like I'll use it when we're flying to the States because um, I'll know we need to go in July and it'll <laughs> say, not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh, and then cool. it'll pop up like, okay, now's the time. Nice. And uh, that de- it definitely works. Uh, we used it last year. Flights were crazy. They were like $800, $900. Oh, and it was saying, wait, wait. And we ended up getting it for like $550. Um, so yeah, for, for specific locations, uh, I, like, I like Hopper. Um, but again, another reason to work virtual because then you can actually take advantage of that stuff because they yeah. don't know if you're in Paris or New Zealand right. or anywhere. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of that, right? That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly it. Like you can't – like for Scott's Cheap Flights, you're just kind of getting all these random amazing flights are all over the place. So it's like if you find yourself traveling a lot or you want to travel to different random places, um, it's, a, it's a really nice tool yep. because everything is just so cheap. And, and Costa Rica too, you can always go to other, 
you know, Guatemala, uh, Panama, Colombia, they always run specials, always down here. I mean, they had one, cool. Guatemala was like $59 round trip they were running, uh, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff, you know. <laughs> But if you're but if you're locked into a nine to five, you can't take advantage, yeah. right? And that's part of the the joy of of not being. And so we, either you can do that by having a job from the states where you're virtual, or you know creating your own business here, um, which yeah. you can take advantage of that stuff. And you're young, you should do it, man. Do it. Yeah, you do definitely it. motivated me to at least try to put that that that, that uh, offer question on the table. Um, oh yeah, oh definitely. And say, hey, that. you know, I want, want to do this. So. Yep. Yep. Start uh, at third. Start at thirty. Up start at thirty percent less. <laughs> okay. And then, but be, but settle on up to like fifty percent less. You know, I don't know what you make. I have no idea. But fifty mm-hmm. percent less, dude. That's like that would be very difficult for them to say no. Very. That's difficult, so true. Right, because they yeah. know you. They know how expensive it is to hire somebody new and train and blah 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 That's blah. True. They yeah. know all that. You can even be like, look. If they're like, well, we're not sure how it would work, be like, look, I'll tell you what. Let's do a test week where I work from home for a week, and we'll see how it works. Yeah. And you, and you make that the killerest. You, you work the hell. That <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, you just, you kill it that week. Yeah. And you're like, you come back in the next week, they're like, yeah, that worked okay. And you're like, yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> and you make it like, yeah, I work better. I mean, I, I don't work better from home necessarily, but some people do be like, I've always worked better from home. Yeah. Always, you know? And then it's like, wow, you, you maybe you should always work. Maybe you should work from home now. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. You should do. Well, you should good do. advice though. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, I'm really going to whirl that one around and no, probably pull the trick on that one. <laughs> you should, you should do that one. I mean, that's, that's like a definitely yes, definitely yes, definite. You can sell it. Sell it. <laughs> Patent the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean sell it to them. Like, oh, you, you can sell it. Like car salesmen, get yeah. it done. Get it done. Slick back my hair. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even if they didn't want to keep you on like payroll, I mean, they could always hire you as a ten ninety nine or whatever, you know. And you're an independent worker or whatever. I mean, don't don't even put that out there though. Just be like, I'll take a reduction in salary, thirty percent. So what do you think the sweet spot is of like how long should you be in a position um, until you kind of put that request on the table? Is it a year? Is it a year and six months? Or do you think it's just like – I think that's going to – it doesn't matter really. Mm-hmm. It's okay. all about when you're leaving, right? Yeah. Um, so if you just started there, you know, you leave it till a month before you're about to leave, you know, and you make sure those, you know, three weeks before you uh, actually do that ask – you kick some butt in those three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then go in and sell, and sell it. Yeah, and sell you know? it. <laughs> uh, it's all about the sell. I mean, it's all, you know, the worst case scenario is no, right? That's the worst case. And in which case you tell them the day you're leaving. I mean, you tell them, hey, I'm leaving in September. If they like, no, we can't do it. Um, you know, most likely, I mean, not knowing the business at all, you, and you would know this if, if anybody works there virtually, most likely the challenging part will be, we don't have anybody who works virtually, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. This would, this would be exactly. a break, a change in the way we do things, which, you know, hey, change can be great, right? Yeah. Change can be smart. And th- I mean, look, h- how many companies have gone to, I mean, 
companies do it, some successfully and some not successfully. You just sell it as, look, you sell it just like you would sell to, this is like no risk, low risk. You know me. You know yeah, me, right? You that's know true. me. You know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and like, so there, there's a pathway. You start with the highest, right? And then you work down. Just don't start low. Don't start at like half the salary, independent worker. You know, you start mm-hmm. high. So start starting high, high is high. A, a discount. I'm going to give you a discount, 30% off my salary, right? And then start from there. See what they say. If they're like, well, we don't know. And then you, but you sell it. You can sell it through a trial week at home like look let me try at home one you can see how great i work from home i work better at home you know then you kill it that week if they're not interested in that and they say i mean you dropping your price isn't you learn i mean understand is price not the issue for them is it just a change in culture they're not interested in having anybody work outside of the office because they're worried that other people are going to be working outside the office or Mm -hmm. people are going to demand it or who knows you know you have to feel them out if that's the thing, you say, look, I'll tell you what. Let, how about then, if, if you're not interested in any way on how, having me as a staff person, right? Which I can understand. You don't want to change your culture or you're worried about blowback from people who work in the office. Okay. Right, yeah. Hire me as an independent. I, I'm an independent contractor. And you're going to pay me X amount of money, which is half of what I've been making right now. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you the same work virtually. But I'm, I'm not an employee. It's not an employee-employer relationship, right? This is, I'm an independent contract. I'm a whatever, 1099 or whatever those are called. Um, but that would be the last, that would be the last offer I would make. Try to get it done, you know, with just a reduction in salary first, you know. But, but you can see, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. You start high with the biggest ask and then you kind of work down. Right? Yeah. Right. That Actually, the, the biggest yeah, ask, I'm, I'm already at 30%. The biggest ask is, hey, do you mind if I work virtually? I'm thinking of moving to Costa Rica. Do you mind if I work virtually? Right. And start start with that. Rather start with than that. Than start. Don't that, even yeah. give your, Don't even start with a discount. That's the smart money. Now that I'm thinking about it, start there. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> start there. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Plus, you know? it's like if if it's a good work relationship as it is, you know. Absolutely. Like you said, the worst thing that can that they can do is just say no. And Absolutely. at least you know, at least I tried. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you an example. We had this in our business. Uh, we had a woman start with us. Her name was Sue. Uh, she was basically uh, Molly's right-hand person, so an assistant to Molly. She was great. English, Spanish, perfect, smart, got stuff done, you know, just a good good worker. And she was like, I'm going to Europe for three months with my boyfriend or whatever. We're just going. And Molly was like, what should, what should we do? And I was like, just let her keep working. And she just kept work. She just worked from wherever Hi. she was in Europe. You know, and then she was in the States still working from there. And she just, she was like, I, can't, I don't want to do it anymore because they were doing other things. So she basically stopped on us. But we were, wow. you know, finding good people is hard, right? Yeah. And to replace them is very expensive, very expensive, you know? So, you know, however long you've been there, you know, realize you have value and, you know, ask for it. Ask. Yeah. Ask and you okay. shall receive. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect yeah the universe does have has a has a way of doing that absolutely <laughs> putting out those intentions <laughs> absolutely but nice. anyway thank you so much I, I marissa i really appreciate your time it was awesome and i think i got a, a really good uh perspective on the thoughts of somebody 
you know, moving to Costa Rica and, and really doing it. Um, the fears and all the rest of it, we all, everybody has that, you know, nobody escapes mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think the point of, you know, money is always the big one. It's the one everybody worries about, almost everybody. Um, but realistically, I don't think it, it should be number one on your list. Number one should be more, how do I connect with people? Uh, you know, how, how do I create friendships? And am I going to be in an area that feels right to me? Um, yeah. That, that's more important, really, um, from my perspective, just my, my experience. Because I believe people who work hard and are interested in making their life and, and living and, and not scared of work and out there hustling, they're always gonna, you're always going to have enough money. Uh, money is usually not the issue. You know, so I encourage That's good to know. 100%. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. <laughs> I, I really do. All right. It's, it's nice to hear someone that's, that's done it and, and has the, a really strong drive too. So it's um, very reassuring. <laughs> yeah. You can do it cool. for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right. well, well, thank you so much. I no, hope thank this, you. this worked out too for you. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you got to keep grinding.